Welcome to Prescribed Listening from the University of Toledo Medical Center. On this podcast, we interview our experts to get the answers you need and can trust. I'm your host, Chrissy Bilo. Well, the colder weather has moved in, and that means holiday gatherings with friends and family aren't far behind. And along with winter comes a variety of health issues. I'm already hearing on the national news about a nasty trifecta of the flu, COVID, and RSV. So our guest this week to have a conversation about what you should be aware of this winter for your family's health is UTMC Chief Medical Officer and Infectious Disease Specialist, Dr. Michael Ellis. Dr. Ellis, thank you for taking time to talk with me today. Thank you. I'm I'm really happy to be here. So we're recording this podcast episode in late fall. Just before Thanksgiving, I woke up to see a thin layer of snow outside my home this morning, and it feels like a lot of people are starting to get sick as this weather starts to turn. And the timing and volume seem a little unusual to me, but I am not a doctor. So what are you seeing in our area and at UTMC? So your observation for the snow is accurate and probably also for the respiratory viruses we're seeing as well. So I'll just kind of summarize some of the key things right now you know we have uh, covid circulating we have something called uh, rsv or respiratory syncytial virus circulating and we have influenza uh, circulating in the community and right now we're seeing more uh, in particular influenza or flu and we're seeing more um, rsv is this normal, at a normal rate that you would see like last year or the year before, or maybe I guess pre-pandemic, I'm not sure how to put that. So there's a couple of interesting things that are going on right now. Um, first of all, it seems like the influenza season is going to uh, peak earlier. It's starting a little bit earlier. Um, normally, influenza peaks in February on average. Right now, it seems like that peak may come, you know, sooner than that. It's it's hard to tell exactly, but definitely the the volume of cases that are being seen um, around the country um, is higher than what would be expected on your average flu season. Are these the normal health issues that come up in the winter time? What are normal ones that you normally see? So. Absolutely. This is the time of year um, when we see respiratory viruses. Uh, it's the normal flu season, which you know normally runs through the spring, really, through April and sometimes into May. But there's some interesting wrinkles that COVID has created. And so besides COVID being out there, with the measures that were taken over the last couple of years with COVID, there's some viruses that were kind of muted or tamped down. And now you have a, a group of children who normally would have seen these viruses a couple of years ago are now seeing them for the first time. So that's probably something that is contributing to not just the frequency of the cases, but maybe even the severity. Um, so we're talking about the flu season and what kind we're expecting this year. You, th- you said it, you expect it to peak earlier. Do you expect it to be much worse in terms of more people coming down with it? That's a great question. So we expect probably to see more people with influenza this year. How severe that turns out to be, nobody quite 
knows just yet, but it looks like the season is starting earlier and that there will be probably more cases. Again, that's in part because of just some of the effects of what what happened with COVID. We've seen in the Southern Hemisphere, we kind of take a take a look at what happens in the Southern Hemisphere and, and what their flu season does, and ours seems to be paralleling that right now. The other thing is it seems that, you know, uh, nationally, there's a lot of vaccine fatigue. Not everyone who might normally have gotten a flu vaccine has gotten one this year. So the uptake of flu vaccines is lower than it usually is. And so you're going to have kind of two things that happen. One is fewer people have generally gotten vaccinated and uh, the flu season is coming earlier. So uh, that's kind of a double whammy especially if you know you assume that it takes a couple of weeks for people to ramp up their immune system from a flu vaccine, you could see that you're gonna have more vulnerable people uh, in November, December, January than you might normally have had. My next question was going to be about flu shots. When should you get them and who in particular should be getting them? So if, if you're listening to this, you should get it now is the answer. So. Uh, it does take a couple weeks to develop effective antibodies. The, the, the CDC recommends that anyone over the age of six months gets a flu vaccine. Um, there's some high risk people who should definitely be getting flu vaccines, immune compromised, women who would be pregnant during the flu season, those with respiratory conditions, and definitely those over the age of 65. I'm Dr. Ellis, before we get into COVID-19, would you please explain what's the difference in symptoms between COVID, the flu, and the common cold? Because I have no clue anymore. Like someone comes down with a respiratory thing and I don't know. Yeah, and that's a, a good, again, I think you're, this goes back to your observation with the snow. You're not gonna be able to tell based on the symptoms what kind of respiratory viral pathogen somebody has. Without testing, you're not going to know. There's some general things, but really you can't hang your head on it. You know, there's so much overlap in the symptoms with respiratory viruses that, that it's hard to say without testing. And the COVID ones, you can take those at home. And we have a whole yes. stockpile of them. But the flu ones, would you have to go to your doctor for that? You would have to go to your doctor for that. Okay. What kind of COVID-19 season are we expecting? So, you know, it's yet to be seen, but, uh, and, and I think, again, with COVID, it's still, you know, such a new virus that we kind of have a tiger bay of the tail and it's going to do what it's going to do. Right now, the COVID cases have been, um, rel they, they, they went up and they've kind of been flat. Sometimes what happens with viruses is one will come through and then the next will come through and then the next will come through. So it's hard to say if you'll have kind of sequential viruses passing through the community or you'll have a lot of them mingling and overlapping. I would expect that we'll have COVID all throughout the winter, and then who knows what happens after that. Uh, COVID-19 boosters. I know you're less than impressed with the flu shot distribution. How is this vaccine distribution going? So again, I think that it, and it's been reported that, you know, people are kind of fatigued when it comes to, to vaccines. But again, if you're listening to this, you should get a COVID vaccine and you should get a COVID booster. So flu vaccine, COVID vaccine, it may not prevent you from getting 
an infection, but it definitely prevents you from having severe infection. And when you're talking about um, like COVID leveling off, are you talking about local numbers? Local and national numbers. Where can you get vaccines here and what kind of treatments do we offer at UTMC for COVID-19? So you can get vaccines uh, for COVID and influenza at you know, your doctor's office. Here at UTMC, you can get these in the pharmacy, in the outpatient pharmacy. You can get these at local outpatient pharmacies as well. When we talk about these three different viruses, RSV, COVID, and influenza, we have treatments for influenza and for COVID. We really don't have any antiviral treatments for RSV. So for certain individuals, uh, who meet the criteria for, for being at risk for developing severe influenza or uh, COVID. We have therapies, uh, oral therapies and IV therapies. And if you've been vaccinated, if time has gone on and you're like, oh, I wonder if I'm still getting the benefits of this or has it worn off and I need to go back again, how do you know the timing? The immunity from the vaccine will wane over time. Depending on when you got the vaccine, the strains of the virus have changed as well. So again, if you're listening to this, you should get a COVID vaccine or a COVID booster, especially if it's been a number of months since your initial vaccination. Should you get your booster be the same kind as you had before? Like, should I stick with Moderna or can you go to a different one? You can go to a different one. And usually it's whatever they have available is is what you should go with. Okay. Okay, well then, moving over to the common cold. This time of year, it feels like it pops up so quickly. Um, Are you seeing a lot of the common cold right now? So there are a lot of common colds going around, again, especially because of children who hadn't seen some of these other viruses. So a lot of the common cold viruses are things like rhinoviruses. There are viruses like adenovirus that can cause a, a whole host of different infection syndromes. And then, you know, RSV can look like a common cold in your average adult, but in a younger child or, you know, an elderly person, they can have more of a severe RSV infection that that is going to look more like a pneumonia or a, a bad respiratory tract infection. Is it kind of like that cough that won't go away? Well, so why coughs don't go away is kind of a whole other issue, you know, when people have uh, a viral respiratory tract infection, you know, it can, it can disrupt the the lining of the airways. And so those can be very sensitive and they can constrict sometimes. You can be more prone to coughing while your body is healing. How concerned should we be about RSV? I know we were talking about kids and adults. Like, I I normally think about it just for kids, but adults can get it too. Um, How concerned should we be about that this season? RSV may be worse this year because your average kid would get exposed to this. But with kids being home from schools and a lot of the other protective measures, the masking, they probably weren't exposed to it, so they don't have much immunity. And so that, that probably pays a big part into why we're seeing more RSV infections. But again, the, 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 the kids who are going to be most prone to uh, severe RSV are going to be younger kids, younger than five, and especially 
infants. And then again, the risk will go up uh, in, in the elderly. Um, your average adult will you know, get over uh, RSV in, in a week or two. And it would be more like your common cold with runny nose and cough and things like that. But it's very serious for a child, enough to go in the hospital and maybe deadly in some cases. It can be, yes. Yeah. Now we're heading into the holiday season. Thanksgiving is right around the corner. What are some ways to stay healthy when gathering with friends and family? Are there any precautions we can take when we're all together anymore like we weren't before. Um, you always hear that germs stay in the house if you don't have the windows open, but it's really cold and you can't open them. Um, does it like, for example, an air purifier help? So what can you do in your home? So I think that the, the fundamentals uh, apply, which are things like you know coughing or sneezing into your elbow, using tissues and the disposing of them, and then frequent hand washing. The other thing is if you're if you're sick, especially if you have a fever, you should not be around uh, other people. I mean, that's just a courtesy. So a good way to show the people you love that you love them is if you're sick, especially with a fever, you might want to stay away. Uh, there's other things that people can do and take extra precautions like wearing a mask. Yeah, and if your kid's sick, keep that kid home and the other, the rest of the family can go, but you really can't bring that kid in that situation. Yeah, these are really tough. I mean, it's it's easy for doctors to talk about what people shouldn't do, but where the rubber meets the road and you want to be with your family, you, you really have to weigh the pros and cons and do whatever you can to make it a good uh, a good experience for as many people as you can. Yeah, everybody, everybody just wants to be together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, I mean, and those are tough things that families have to sort out and, and I usually advocate for finding the safest way for everybody to get together and enjoy themselves. Next question. So say you have come down with something. At what point should you talk to your doctor about your symptoms versus stopping at the pharmacy to get cold medicine? Wow, that's a great question. So, you know, your average person is probably going to be able to weather any of these viruses. But there are times where you would want to uh, get evaluated or get a prescription for something. So fever is a big thing that, um, that is going to probably set some of these, uh, the more mild uh, viral infections apart. So, uh, you know, things that, things that would prompt you to, to go to a doctor, there's, there's you know, there's markers of, of severe things. So, you know, obviously things like trouble breathing or, or really feeling unwell, especially in the setting of, of somebody having risk factors for, for getting uh, a bad infection that we kind of talked about a little bit with, with either elderly or immune compromised states and things like that. Um, the other thing is that if you know, you need to be to work. Uh, in you, say you have a fever and there's a lot of influenza circulating, which it is now. Uh, it would be reasonable to go to your doctor, be tested, uh, and especially early on to get a medication. Uh, we would use, for example, oseltamivir or Tamiflu which are going to shorten your symptoms and allow you to get back to work sooner. Um, 
that that benefit is in the first couple of days. You know, with COVID, we also look at um, you know pivoting over to COVID. There's some you know we really kind of tailor medications for for COVID for people who are going to have severe disease. So again, your average person they can usually uh, weather the storm um, with with over-the-counter medications and staying hydrated and getting extra rest and things like that. But for people who are immune compromised or elderly uh, and have risk factors for developing severe COVID, for example, uh, especially if it's in the first five days, we would have them uh, be evaluated for, for whether or not they could get an oral medication. I know for my family back in, was it January, Omicron went through our house and we were all more bored than anything. We are not the risk people. So yeah, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying there. Personally, when you come down with a cold, what do you do? As the expert, do you take care of yourself? Is that, it's one of those do as I say, not as I do. And you're, you're so busy and you, there's a lot of work to be done. Do you stop and take care of yourself? So, you know, doctors are probably some of the worst patients, and uh, they're awful whiny sometimes. <laughs> so, and especially men. Men are whiny, too. So, but moving away from me, uh, my personal whininess, you know, you do have to take care of yourself, and some of the best things are, are you know, rest and drinking plenty of fluids and not, uh, and, you know, trying to, to eat and things like that. Certainly, if you have a fever, uh, that's the big marker right there. The other is, obviously, if, if you know that people in your household have COVID, you have to be mindful of that because you don't want to spread that uh, in your workplace. I was going to say, for people, if you're going to work, how do you avoid spreading things? And I think the number one thing is if you're sick, you don't go in. Use a sick day. Right, yeah. And then, you know, the CDC has, has put out recommendations on what to do if you're exposed to COVID, uh, or if you test positive for COVID based on your symptoms and, and when you're okay to be around people and what you should do in those circumstances. And to, for all the at-home tests, our youngest over the last several years, well, I've tested him so many times. He's been sick and he has never tested positive for COVID. Like I can guarantee you this kid has had it, but I've never been able to test him positive like he's come home from school they've sent him home and they're like well he has to go to the doctor and get one of those tests not the at-home test he's negative there and I don't know if I'm catching him at the wrong time but sometimes it just is this it doesn't feel like a regular cold I'm not sure what to do yeah well the testing is not perfect and the timing of the testing is important too so uh, and each test has its own um, limitations so and some of the tests can remain positive for a long time. Testing negative for uh, COVID doesn't exclude it, and sometimes the serial testing is, is needed to kind of confirm that that's the case. So I think almost everybody who's had COVID, which is hundreds of millions of people in the United States, uh, if they were tested, they may have a story that says, you know, I tested on Monday and I was negative and I tested on Tuesday morning and I was positive. Yeah. And so that's kind of the nature of some of these tests. So Thanksgiving right around the corner here. Um, if I test positive for COVID, how long 
do I have to be isolated, not go out? Yeah, so the, the CDC recommends that you isolate and, and stay home for five days. If you have to go out, you should wear a tight-fitting mask. And then after that five days, you should then continue to wear a mask when you're in public for another five days. And if you, if you do just not feel well and you're even you're not testing positive, but hey, today's Thanksgiving and my husband's 94-year-old grandmother is going to be there, I'm just not going to go. <laughs> yeah, those are tough decisions. And um, again, it's, it's, it's obviously it's going to be safer for the, the 94-year-old for people with respiratory viruses to stay away. I think that in general, people should, uh, you know, not worry as much. I mean, we've been inundated with so much, um, uh, so many warnings and so many dangers out there that I think people should focus more on what they can do uh, proactively, things that they can control rather than than um, you know all the dangers that are being you know voiced and that we're being bombarded with so you know and those things are like we talked about so getting flu vaccine getting covid booster um, hand hygiene you know cough and sneezing etiquette and those are the things that you can do um, and you know you can go about your your, your daily activities and, you know, those are the things you can control. I would focus on those rather than all the things that you can't. Every single UTMC expert who's been on this podcast, I've asked them the same question. So I'm going to ask it to you as well. What is the most common question you get asked by your patients and what do you tell them? They do ask me about antibiotics. So like they'll ask me about, is it harmful for me to take antibiotics? So, uh, you know, when it comes to antibiotics, doctors give, you know, the right antibiotic for the right amount of time to limit any potential downside or, or uh, side effect. So if your provider says you need an antibiotic for a certain period of time, that's what you need. and and. Uh, do that um, you know uh, so if you need it you need it and will account for the side effects and the potential downsides there are you know there are complications that you can get from an antibiotic so we don't give them willy-nilly and um, and antibiotics can affect your uh, your microbiome your the, the normal bacteria that live inside you and on you um, and so we, we don't want to, to disrupt that. And the more we learn about that, we know that that can impact things, especially people can get antibiotic-related diarrhea with things like C. diff colitis. That can be severe sometimes. So we, uh, when we give antibiotics, we want to give it for the right reason, uh, the most narrow antibiotic, and for the shortest period of time. So, you know, if, you're, if your provider thinks you need an antibiotic, it's, it, you're, you can always ask questions. 
um, and every provider should welcome uh, patients who ask questions and uh, but you know ask the questions and if, if an antibiotics needed then it's needed and uh, we're going to try to minimize any downside with that and you have to finish it even if you feel better a couple days into it you have to finish it so yes you should finish the antibiotic that you're prescribed um, but again the doctor or provider is always going to give you the shortest duration um, so that if, if the, the infection can be treated in three days, well, you're going to get three days. If it's five days, it's going to be five days. If it's 10 days, it's going to be 10 days. But, but take it for those, that period of time. Uh, and we ask everyone else, what have you been working on lately? As opposed to all the questions we ask you about. <laughs> Over the last couple of years, uh, we've really focused here at UTMC on patient safety and quality. And, you know, that's what our team's been focused on. Um, our, our Medicare or CMS uh, quality star rating has improved from one star uh, to four stars. So we're now four stars out of five. So our quality has really improved. We are we're the safest hospital in Northwest Ohio. Um, to get to the next level, to get to our fifth star, uh, we're working a lot on our uh, uh, customer service and our patient satisfaction. And a lot of that has to do with the way the providers communicate uh, and making sure that they're answering all the questions and uh, that the patients have, also being available for patients. Um, you know, uh, patients need you when they need you, and they have questions when they have them. And we have to be focused on um, uh, being there for the patients when they need us and, and how they need us. So I'm really happy with the way UTMC has improved our quality over the last few years and we real close to, to getting up to that next level. And um, that next level is, is focused on improving our, our customer experience, our patient experience. UTMC is truly something for the University of Toledo to be very proud of. So if anybody has any of the big respiratory issues um, happening, the COVID, influenza, RSV, uh, who at UTMC, who should they reach out to? So if people have uh, questions about any of these viruses, RSV, COVID, influenza, the CDC has great resources for general information and guidance on treatments, vaccines, um, a lot of the preventive measures that we talked about, the isolation uh, measures that we talked about. Um, another resource here at UTMC would be their primary doctor, uh, primary care provider. Um, obviously, if they're ill and concerned um, uh, and have any markers of, of having a, a bad respiratory tract infection, especially any trouble breathing, um, then they need to uh, get seen right away, um, either by their regular doctor or in certain circumstances in the emergency department. Well, Dr. Ellis, I know you have a busy schedule, so we greatly appreciate you taking the time to sit down and answer all of our winter health-related questions. So thank you. 
My pleasure. And that's all for this episode of Prescribed Listening. Tune in next time and subscribe for more on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.